you'd like to turn to Psalm 46, and I'm going to read the passage my husband will preach from today. And thank you, Genio, for that reminder that Jesus wants to impart his life into each one of us. And praise God that his life is abundant life. So Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swellings. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations rage, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. It's good to be back. It's laid up for a week with a bug, and uh, you miss family of God when you're like that. And it's really good to be back in the house of God. I tell you what, without the presence of God, uh, we're just not the same. But Father God, I thank you that we are not without you, that you are with us, and that you are our helper. That anyone who's here today that feels as though they are under attack, be it in their health or the marriage or whatever, Father God, I'm asking today that you will confirm to them that you are not only their God, but you will help them, that you will send help through your power, and you will change situations because you love us and you're good to us. Lord, we just confess, we need no one but you. You are all that we need. And we bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Okay, here's a passage here uh, that is written to Israel. And, and it's a time where they are, it's like there is an existential threat. And uh, there is an enemy, and, and it says that, uh, the enemy surround him. It feels like waters are roaring in verse 3. And they are troubled. And it feels like the mountains are shaking. Passage speaks about uh, wars. And it speaks about nations and kingdoms rising against kingdoms. And uh, 
You know, we're living in a time where all that is very, very real to us. We read about war and uh, we read about trouble and people can perceive that maybe the things that are going into the, on in the world today are going to get worse and worse and they're going to extrapolate. In fact, I believe you can make a good argument. The Bible says that. And so Israel's in this time where they, they are feeling surrounded they are feeling their uh, spiritual, their uh, physical pressures coming in on them. They are feeling that they are, they are outnumbered. They are feeling overwhelmed. And, and God comes to Israel. And in this time where they feel it's an existential threat, he comes and gives them this advice. He speaks to them and says, be still. In verse 10, and know that I am God. And you know, when there is a, a, a time, be it corporately or individually, where you feel under great pressure, you feel there are forces around you that could even take you out, that could destroy your mind or your sense of peace or uh, there are powers that are around you, just feel overwhelmed. Maybe it's coming against your family and your marriage or even it could even be a business thing where you feel there are, there are forces, even satanically inspired forces that are, that are overwhelming and that you feel as though, you know, you could be moved or you could be destroyed or you could be wiped out. There is a temptation in all humanity that when that happens, that we need to get active and that we need to become more active. And, and God says to the people, at that very moment, he says, he gives them advice, the very opposite, very difficult for a type A personality. And he says, be still. And I, I believe it's relevant to uh, not, only, not only our lives individually, but it's even relevant to, you know, the spiritual landscape in our nation, because you know, if you go into a lot of uh, what I would call mega churches, you know, a lot of mega churches, there is, if, uh, we've been to those mega churches, there is so much activity. And there is, you know, there are smoke machines and everything's loud and you've got to have a super media presentation. And I'm not against all those things, but it's like we, we, we have to make sure there's lots of human activity and there's lots of stuff happening. We've got to entertain the people. But I want to tell you, when you're in a place like that, nothing much is happening spiritually. When you see the smoke machine come out, I tell you, nothing much is going on eternally. Because those things happen to mask the fact that God is not speaking and the presence of God is not among us. And you see the same thing in, in, in Israel, where Elijah comes, and he's a man who's hearing from God. He's a man who walks in the presence of God, and he just comes to the, to the top of Mount Carmel, and there's a confrontation between the apostate, the, the thing that, that represents God but is not real, and the man of God who is real. And the man of God is real. He's very, very quiet in his prayer. But the things that are, that are not of God, that are, that are counterfeit, the people that, that are... In, in idolatry and far from God, the Bible says that they're shouting and they're making lots of noise. And then Elijah says, God must be asleep. So they shout some more and they cut themselves and they, they do some things. and They put, you know, horns on. And they make a great big display. 
And the Word of God says, but God wasn't there. And, uh, you know, why do they do that? Why were they doing that? It's because they're trying to create the illusion that God was among them, and He wasn't. Psalm 74 says this, it says, Your enemies roar in the midst of your meeting place. They set up the banners for signs. They seem like men who lift up axes among the trees. And now they break down its carved work all at once with axes and hammers. So it's like there's a lot of noise going on, but the, the noise is being made by the ungodly people in the temple. You know, historically, when Israel got this advice to be still, they weren't very good at taking it. In, in Isaiah chapter 30, the people are in decline. Spiritually, they're in decline. And they're, they're, everything about the nation is going down. Everything about them is, is declining. And God wants them. He wants to redeem. He wants to help them. He wants to get them back to the place where they had victory before. And He says to them, He says, the key in returning and rest, verse 15 of chapter 30, you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you would not. You said, no, for we will flee on horses, therefore you shall flee. And we will ride on swift horses, therefore those who pursue you shall be swift. One thousand shall flee at the threat of one, at the threat of five you shall flee, till you are left as a pole on top of a mountain, as a manor on a hill. Therefore, the God will wait, and He'll be gracious to you. Therefore, He will be exalted, and He will have mercy on you. And what, it, what He's saying is that, is that God is saying to them, just return to God, just come back to God and have confidence in Him. Have confidence in Him in the midst of your problems that God will work for you, that God will solve things. Put your trust in Him, but you need to return to Him. And, they said, and He said, if you do that, in confidence and quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Internally and externally, God will strengthen you when you come and be still and put your trust. But they said, no, 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 no. We're actually going to trust in external things. We're going to trust in human activities. We have horses. We're going to trust in human strategies to get away from the enemy. We're going to trust in all our own wisdom. And he said, because of that, rather than be strong, you'll become weak. 1,000 shall flee at the threat of one, and at the threat of five you shall flee. So instead of becoming strong through waiting on God and being still, they chose human activity and got weaker and weaker and weaker. And God actually says to the man, He says, I'm going I'm to wait for you. In verse 18, I actually going to, when you're like that, God says, I'm going to wait for you till all your running and all your going here and all your going there and all your trusting in your own side. I'm going to wait till you, till you completely fail. And when you fall apart, I'm going to be over here. And because I'm so good, I'll have mercy upon you. And they wouldn't wait. And you know, we, we some of us, we're, we face external threats to, as I said before, maybe your marriage, maybe your health, maybe your finances. There's all sorts of external threats you can be facing. And we have the same temptation. When you actually, you know, Satan could come at your marriage, Satan could come at your family, Satan could come at your health, Satan can come, there can be 
pressures. He can use things of the world to come at you, and you, you could just feel as though, oh my goodness, we, this, this could, we look like we're for it. You know, this looks really, really serious. And there's a t- I've seen people at these times, even godly people, there's a temptation that they then turn around and they go to every council they can to see about their marriage. They go, everyone who will speak to them, they go and they, they just get busy with human activity. And if you're sick, you go to every specialist and every doctor. I'm not against doctors, but you, you, you start moving and you think, I have to do something. When you get a, you know, your business is under threat, you think we've got to get many business coaches in here. We're going to put all these things, and we're just going to get busy, and all of our human activity, we're going to somehow, that's somehow going to make a difference. And we start, the trouble is, we start trusting in the human activity. You know, it's the same thing that happened in the New Testament with Jesus. Jesus put his disciples in a boat to teach them a lesson. And it was a lesson about faith. And it was a lesson about how to overcome existential threats. Because when they're in a boat, I've been on Galilee. When, when, when you're on Lake Galilee, the, 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 the lake is between these two mountains. And when storms come, you don't see them. They're just upon you. And they're, they're violent. They're, they're, they're in this storm, the disciples, with Jesus. And it was, a, it was more like a hurricane. And it was violent. And it came out from nowhere. And, and Jesus, when this existential threat came to him, he was still. He chose at that moment not to do what was humanly sensible to do. And he was still. And the disciples were demanding. This is why Jesus rebuked them at the end. Because they were demanding Jesus perform human activity. They came to him and says, you're being still. That means you don't care. Do something. And interestingly, the only thing Jesus did, he stood, said, peace, peace. Be still. And so he was speaking to the disciples as much to the storm. He said, be still. And see, if you will be still, at the ex- what happened when Jesus was still in that boat? Right at the moment when the storm was its most violent and threatening to destroy them, because he was still, The Word of God came, and He spoke. And if you are prepared to be still and not trust in human activity, when you're facing big crisis, the same thing will happen. Look at verse 6 of Psalm 46 again. Uh, In the midst of her, He uttered His voice, the earth melted. Verse 6, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. And verse 10 is God standing up and he's speaking. He says, be still, know I am God. I'll be excited about the He's basically saying to all the, the powers that threaten Israel, be still. I'm God. I'm in control. You've got no chance. But God speaks when we trust and are still. You know when he speaks? 
when you need it. So God, this psalm, the psalmist is saying that when we're in trouble, what we need to do, we need, instead of doing what is humanly natural, what, 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 we, what, what our humanity feels like doing, rushing here and being busy and, and listening to human voices, the psalmist says what you need to do is close down the human activity and get still before God. Boy, boy, the church today hates being still. The church universal, we, we demand activity. We demand act, and, and to really see God move, we have to be coming to a place again where we are confident, not in our own abilities, but we are confident alone in God. And he says, be still. And secondly, he says, and know. Be still and know that I am God. In the very next psalm, verse Psalm 47, it says, Sing praises to God of all the earth, but sing praises with understanding. And what's the understanding we need in our praise? It says, God reigns over all the nation. God sits on his holy throne. So what he's saying is that, you know, the, the, the First thing that you know, teach you when you go to Bible college, if it's decent Bible college, they teach you about what is called the sovereignty of God. And when you are facing a situation, and it could be a you know, situation for nations or a situation in your own family, but you've got to know that you know, if you're, not, you, you're not in a problem that has taken God surprised, God by surprise, and now he needs to react. You serve a God who is on the throne, who oversees everything that's happening in the world. If it gets to you, he allowed it, and he's got a good purpose for you because he is sovereign. He is sovereign over all. He controls the nations. What's going on in the world today, God knows about it. He is in control of all of it. He's using all the bits pieces in the end. And in the end, you will see, no matter what happens, God will be exalted in the nations because he is a sovereign God. And you need to know that he is sovereign. That it, what does it mean? It means that he is sovereign and he is faithful. That God has he's made promises. He's made promises about what is going to happen in this world. He's made promises what's going to happen in your life. And if you believe his promises, it will come to pass. If you look back at what God has said to you, it has always come to pass because he is a faithful and he is a sovereign God who can be trusted because he is completely in control. And you need to know that. That whatever you're going through, God knows all about it. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He, he is before it happened. He is after it's going to happen. And He is in control. He is going to use it for your good because He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. Everything He says. He does. And he says, so you need to know that God is sovereign. And you also need to know God is our refuge and strength. Verse 1, a very present help in trouble. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. He shall not be moved. He shall help her just at the break of dawn. That when you, when you actually cease to trust in human activity. And you come to the place where you say, oh, well, 
I know it doesn't seem logical, and I'm not going to be applauded by the world, but I'm actually going to put my trust in God. I'm actually going to be still. My strategy is to believe that God sees all this. He reigns over it all. He rules over it all. He is still on his throne, and all my hope is going to be in him. See, when you do that, and you stop trusting in flesh, and you stop running around, the power of God is released in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. But not until you put all your trust in Him. Why? It says, when we do that, He says, this is what you've got you to know when you're in trouble that God is in control. He is sovereign over it. He knows about it. He knows the challenge to my health. He knows what I'm going through. He knows what's going on, but He knows about it. And He's going to, t- but I also got to know that He is a concrete, practical God who helps. He helps. This, when he says helps, the word help here, it actually means divine intervention. That God, if you trust him, he's a God of action. He will get involved in your situation and he will release his power where you have no power. And when will he do that? He's a very present help in trouble. He shall help her just at the break of dawn. You know, when does the enemy attack? I used to be a soldier. The enemy attacks at the break of dawn. When does God send his help? I've often called him, he's the God of the 11th hour. He allows our faith to be tested. He allows us to be tested because we grow from faith to faith. Faith's like a muscle. Unless it's exercise, it doesn't grow. But God allows challenges. He allows tests. He allows us to come under problems. But at the exact right time, if we trust him, he sends divine help, which is his intervention. Psalm 121 says this. It, says, it speaks about someone who's in dreadful trouble. And they say, what am I going to do? And they write this. They say, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. The Lord is your keeper. Goes on to say, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. So it says the practical help which God sends through divine intervention is a help which preserves God's people and protects them at the right hour. So just when you think this could destroy me, this could wipe me out, somehow God says at that very hour, I will help you. I will intervene in your situation for those who trust me. For those who trust me. And you know, this, this, all this week, God's been doing something wonderful in my own life, something new and so great. And I've been just aware this way, this, I want to apply this. This passage not only applies be still and know that I am God to a people who are under attack and facing, you know, odds which could overwhelm you. 
God says, in that time, be still. And know, be still, don't run around. Know that I'm sovereign. Know that I'm in control. Know that I'm a faithful God. Know that and believe for my help to turn up. And he says, when you do that, God will help you. God will bring you through. I, don't, I can't tell you what he'll do, but he will bring you through because he's a faithful God. He will not allow your enemies to prevail over you because you are in Christ who is a conqueror. But I want to speak about what else we need to be still about. And I've been... I know I'm going outside the passage here, but I want, I want you just to dwell on this. It's just, it has so captivated me lately. I read it when I was sick at home. And I, I came across 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. And it says this, Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. There you go. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Now, I want to tell you that the temple in the old covenant was the center of God's plan. And it's an extraordinary thing for God to say that now you and I are the temple of God. We are the center of God's plan. And, 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 you know, in the temple, the temple had, Holy Spirit told David what to put in it. And the temple had the best of everything in it. You have the best of everything. All, the, all that you need to become all that God promises you to be is already in you. You have the Holy Spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory, he's already in you. And God says, uh, because my Holy Spirit's in you, anything that threatens to destroy you, I'll destroy it. But it, uh, the, the temple was also a holy place. And you and I are already holy. That's why God says, be holy, because you are holy. And I was just reflecting on this. You know, Solomon's temple, Solomon's temple was so great. Um, and, and in 1 Kings 6, you see how it was constructed. There's so much here that I can't go into, but it's a, it's a type of how God constructs your life in Christ. And, uh, and it says in verse 7, when the temple was built, no hammer or chill or, or, or ch chisel or any tool was heard in the temple what was being built. I love that. You know, there was no noise. There was no noise. There was no banging. There was no, there was no you know, human activity like that. It's, and it's like, this is, a, this is a type. This is a type of what God did in Christ because Christ was hammered outside of Calvary. And we don't have to make noise. All the work was done for us. But it goes on to say, in the temple... Uh, the inside of the temple was cedar carved with ornamental buds and open flowers. 
Then it says, so Solomon at the end overlaid the inside of the temple with pure gold. He stretched gold across it. So this, this ordinary temple had something, a craftsman on the inside of the temple. And this craftsman carved out something, ornamental buds and flowers. So this internally, this craftsman carved out something on the inside, which was a work of beauty. And then that work of beauty was overlaid with gold. Don't forget I'm saying that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so you have something come on the inside of you. It's called the Holy Spirit who wants to carve out your anger and he wants to produce the beauty of self-control. He wants to carve out your pride and produce the beauty of, of humility. He wants to carve out your selfishness and produce the beauty of love on the inside. That's what the work of the Holy Spirit is doing. He is a helper. He's a, he's a creator. And then he wants to overlay our life with gold. That's why Job says, after I've been tried, I shall come forth as gold. So when we are told that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, it's an extraordinary promise that God has placed the most valuable thing inside you to create and carve out something so beautiful of your life. But here's the point. How does it happen? Same thing. It doesn't happen through human effort and human activity. This is what God's saying. It comes by being still. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. The most valuable thing is already in you. But the way the Holy Spirit works and changes and produces is when you stop striving and you just believe God's promises, you are still. And God wants to create something so wonderful in His people, a work of such beauty and a work that is so precious. You know what happened to the Queen of Sheba? When she, this is a type. When she came to see Solomon's temple, she was someone who was a queen in her own right. She had resources. She had money. She had her own temple. But when she came and saw, Solomon's temple was different. Solomon's temple, everything that was in it, the Holy Spirit had told David to tell Solomon what to do. So Solomon's temple was a work produced by God. And when she came, and saw the difference between what man could produce and what religion can produce and the work that God could produce that says she had no breath in her. And this is what God wants to do. You know, people out there can make their own life. They can create something that appears good, that appears successful. But God wants to make something of your life. When people come to you, they recognize that this is not, your life is not something that is a result of human activity or human effort. This is something that God has built. And you know, I just think of my father's salvation. He never was saved because we preached to him. He got saved because he acknowledged. He said, I've seen your family, the pressures that have come against you. I know there has been someone standing behind you, protecting you, preserving you, providing for you. I have seen a work of God in your family. That's why he was saved. And this is what God wants to do for your life. He actually, but, but it's not going to come out of... Reading your Bible more, although it's good to read your Bible. It's not going to come by attending more and more meetings. It's not going to come by religious activity. 
What the, how the Holy Spirit works is through faith. He gives us promises, and when we, when we are still and believe them, that this anger I have is going to go because he's going to do the work. This pride I have he's gonna, is going to go because he's going to do the work internally. He is going to, Holy Spirit is going to do. When I'm still and I trust the Holy Spirit and I stop human activity, I stop running here and there, then and then alone does God come and help. And does he come and take out that which is not of him and bring in the peace and the joy and the fruit. And you know, I believe that as the world gets more and more difficult, there are going to be people, I just know the world's going to get more and more difficult. Wars are going to rage. But for those that have learned to be still and trust in the sovereign, faithful plan of God, there are going to be people that God's done such a work in. They come and say to you, you're different. I see something, that, you know, that, that's something that's been built in your life that is not human. Nobody else has that hope. Nobody else has that peace. Nobody else has that joy. But it doesn't come through running. It doesn't come through, you know, there, there is a... I, I, I took a long time in my Christian life to, to move from being an old covenant believer to a new covenant believer. In an old covenant, you know God says to, to Deuteronomy 28, obey and I will do. But uh, obey means obey everything. And when you, when you fail, you come back and you end up in this, this, this cycle of sinning and confessing. Because you can't completely obey God. That's the problem. That's why the law was given. And then I got this revelation. It's the new covenant is not obey and do and God will bless. It is believe what God has said about you. Believe what God has said. Be still. Believe that He is faithful. Believe that He is sovereign. Believe that He is going to produce Christ in you, the hope of glory. Stop trying to do it. Just believe. And He will take out the anger and He'll put in the self-control. When you stop striving, when you stop working, and you start resting and believing, God will produce a work in your life that people look at it and they will say, like the Queen of Sheba, this isn't something the world produces. This is something in this person that I can see God has produced that. This is the greatest witness we have, a changed life. But comes not through working, not through running here and there. It comes through being still. Being still and trusting the Holy Spirit who is in me. He's going to do it. He's going to change me because he promised. He promised. When I take God at his word, his power is released. So maybe you're, that's kind of a side application there, but... I, I, I just know 
God's not impressed with our programs. God is not impressed with our technology. God is not impressed with the amount of meetings we have. God is looking for people who will believe him, will, when they come into challenges and problems and things that, you know, maybe, maybe the existential to you is depression. You know, maybe it's anxiety. It just feels like it's going to destroy you. I just suggest to you today, whatever your, if it's not working, whatever your strategy has been, stop it. Stop it and get into the presence of God and get out His promises and declare over His Word and declare to yourself that God is a faithful God, that what is happening in my life has not taken God by surprise. It's not too big for Him. He's sovereign and He's over it. And He will release divine intervention to help you at the exact right moment. I want to tell you, if you believe God, he will never let you be moved. He will never let you be destroyed. He will preserve you and He will protect you. Because victory doesn't come through human activity. It comes through faith. It comes through faith. So if that's you, I, I, I just want you, I really believe God is just saying, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. That when you run and do that stuff, you, you trust in it. Now, I'm not saying you don't go to the doctor, but don't trust in the doctor. Put your trust in God. Stop rushing. Stop human activity. Close it all down. Be still and know. Know in your knower. Not in your head, Knowing your Noah, the faithfulness of God, that He is sovereign and that He is your helper. He will intervene. He will intervene in that family situation. He will as you trust Him. And He will at the break of dawn, at the perfect time, just when the enemy looks like He's going to destroy you. God will not allow it. He will intervene. Maybe you're somebody who, you know, you, you want to be godly. And you really want, you know Christ in you, the hope of God. You know you've got the Holy Spirit in you. But you, you, you're trying to produce this, the peace and the joy out of your own abilities. You're trying to make yourself godly. You can't make yourself godly. I've tried, I've, I, I want to tell you, I have stopped trying to be godly. And, and, you know, it was the greatest relief in my life. I spent 15 years trying to be godly. But, but that, that's the temptation of Adam, in the, Satan in the garden. You can be like God, without God. And when I stopped trying to be godly, without God, and said, God, I'm coming to the end of myself. I can't do this. And I was still and just started to believe what God had said. Suddenly, my life started to change. Suddenly my life started to change because it really is all of him. None of us. Be still. God is in control. He knows all about what you're going through. Be still. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. He is a master craftsman. 
Stop trying to solve your own anger issue and your own short temper issue. Start trusting the Holy Spirit to take out the old and produce something beautiful and overlay it in gold. Trust the Holy Spirit to make something of you that people look at you and say, God did that. that. That's not done through human discipline. That's not done through human programs. God did that. God did that. Be still and trust Him, and He'll do it. Amen? Let's bow our heads. I'm going to pray for people today. Father God, I want to thank You that You are on the throne, that You, you, you Your Word says, Lord, You laugh at the nations that rage and plot wars because, Lord, you are completely over it all. You are sovereign. You knew it was coming. You know it was happening. You know every plan of man, and you're going to override every plan of man because you are a sovereign God who is in control. Father God, help us to know you as that. And, Father, where people are thinking that you get taken by surprise, that you need to react. Father God, I'm asking for a correction this morning. That you tear that lie out of people's minds and give them the knowledge of your sovereignty. And Father God, where, where we've been trying to make ourselves into something, even something good and something godly, Father, let that come to an end. And let us come to the place where we simply grab hold of your promises and we believe we believe you're going to do it we believe you're going to take out what is wrong put in what is right we're going to believe the Holy Spirit will do it because I can't Father God I want to thank you there will come a time where people like the Queen of Sheba will come to God's people and acknowledge God has built something in and through us that is not possible humanly. Father, this is what you want for your church in this day. Just think of Acts chapter 2 when the people came after all that years of religion. When they saw the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they knew this is something God had done. This is something human beings can't conjure up, something a religion can't produce. Oh, God, do it in us. Do it in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Teach us to be still and to trust you completely. I thank you that you are our helper, Holy Spirit. You do what we cannot do. You're our protector and our keeper. We bless you and we praise you. Because you are good in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. I'm not going to have an altar call today. I don't feel we need to have an altar call. But I do want... Actually, I'm not going to lay hands on anybody. But I do want to give you an opportunity to come to the altar. If you're somebody who, you know, in the... You're a good person... And, and you do want Christ to be seen in you. You really do. And you, you do want that anger to go and that self-control to go. But you're just aware through the Word. I, I just became aware in my life that at some stage that I'd been trying to produce 
godliness apart from God, apart from the Holy Spirit. And that was the day that I really believed that I experienced liberty in the Christian life. I got free. And I realized, you know, you just come to the end of yourself. You've got to come to the end of yourself and say, I've been trying this for years and I, I can't do it. I've failed over and over and I'm the cycle of sinning and confessing. And you say, I'm, I'm done with this. Now I'm going to surrender to the Holy Spirit and I'm just going to believe God to do it. That's where God wants you. That's the new covenant. That's the new covenant. So if you're in that place and you're t- you just know you're tired, I just know God wants to do something new. Just come and be still. Say to God, I'm done with that. I want the Holy Spirit to come in. Not only come in, but take out all the garbage and make something beautiful in my life. Carve out something from the inside that is a work of God. If you want God to do that, I believe we're in the season where God is going to do that. God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask. But it's going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be nothing of flesh. It's going to be nothing of man. This is why how he's going to have a humble, beautiful church. Because they're going to know God did it. Holy Spirit did it all. God is just ending. The noise, the striving is going to produce a people of faith. who are able to know their God. He's in control. That's you. You come forward. Let God deal with you. Let God do something new in your life. Amen.